the first reading is 2 Timothy 1, verses 1 to 14. can be found on page 1195 of the Church Bibles. That's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God, Father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearance of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. This is the end of the first reading. The second reading is Luke chapter 17, verses 5 to 10, and can be found on page 1051 of the Church Bibles. So that's Luke chapter 17, verses 5 to 10, on page 1051. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. He replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant ploughing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, Come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you are told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants, we have only done our duty. Thanks be to God.
if you can and if you're able, uh, we, I'd like to pray for Luke before he begins. So um, if you can, if we should reach out a hand towards him and we will pray. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for our brother Luke. And Lord, we thank you for the word that you have placed on his heart. And Lord, we pray that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit afresh, that you would embolden him with your love and your power, and that as he speaks, we would have ears that would listen and hearts that would hear deeply what you are saying to us. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. You can hear me okay. Now, should workers be thanked for doing their job that they're paid to do? Question. There must be someone here who's got people working under them. John, you owned your own business for a while. Do your workers deserve to be thanked for the job they're paid to do? Yes. Anyone else think yes? Yes. Anyone think no? No, everyone thinks yes. Well, we like to be thanked, don't we? Everyone likes to be thanked? Yeah, I like to be thanked. Yeah, everyone likes to be thanked. Everyone thinks we should thank people. Well, if you look online as well and put, it, put into Google, should people be thanked for doing their job, you get the general answer is yes as well. Most people masquerading as experts online or otherwise, uh, who supposedly know something about HR or managing companies or people, say, yes, it's good to thank people for doing the job they're paid to do. And we like it, don't we? But according to our reading today in Luke, it sounds like Jesus disagrees with all of us and says, no, you won't be thanked and we should consider ourselves as unworthy servants. Now that doesn't sound to me like the God of love that we know and have been introduced to. So what is going on here? As we've all experienced it, I expect we've all experienced it at some point, being taken for granted, not being thanked, and it's not very nice. What are you smiling at? <laughs> it's a bit perturbing. But, <laughs> but it's not very nice, is it, to uh, not be thanked and taken for granted. And I think we have all experienced that at some point in our lives. In fact, when I first was looking at the, the reading from Luke today, I thought many of us could relate to it if uh, we substituted out the word servant for parent and the word master for child. Think When a parent comes in from the day at work, will their child greet them and say, come eat with me? Or will they say, no, wait on me and then you may eat. And when a parent has done all the loving service for their child, will they be thanked? No, we are unworthy parents, unworthy of thanks. So the, that was the first question that occurred to me when I was looking at this reading. How does this work? We've been introduced to, in wider scripture, in our wider experience, we understand God as a God of love and mercy and grace and friendship, yet he describes us as unworthy servants, not 
worthy to be thanked in this story. And the second question that occurred to me is how does this uh, story of the servants in verses 7 to 10 link with faith and the mustard seed in verses 5 to 6? To me, there wasn't an apparent link to begin with. I don't know if anyone else could see one, but I couldn't. So that was the two questions I've pondered through as I've prepared this week. And the answer I reached, I've drawn see, some inspiration from the wonderful words we had from Napo last week, for anyone that was here to hear what wonderful words he gave to us. He was looking at the parable of Lazarus and the rich man at the end of Luke 16 and reminded us of the consequences of selfish focus on our own interests at the expense of others. And as I've thought on it this week, I think Luke might just be continuing in that theme in chapter 17. In fact, the word that came to me as I was considering all of this most strongly was entitlement. And we'll just look at that as we go forward a little bit. Because to start with, if we look at verses 5 and 6, I think Jesus is cutting through the lie. I'm sure many of us have heard something along these lines at some point in our lives. We'll say, if you only just had a little bit more faith, then your prayers would have been answered. Or you just need a bit more faith, then everything will be okay. Or you just need a little bit more faith, then you'll be able to do it. Well, that's not how Jesus presents things. In his worldview, the bar for faith is set very low. If you're wandering around in first century Israel, there's not many seeds you can find smaller than the mustard seed. According to Jesus, a little bit of faith goes a very long way. But this is where, for me, that word entitlement came in, and I think the link between verses 5 and 6 and 7 to 10 uh, begins to emerge. Because when we understand that concept, that the bar for faith is very low, and that actually we don't need some extraordinary amount of faith to see the power of God move and see our prayers answered, then we can begin to slip into another way of wrong thinking. And we start to say, well, I have a little bit of faith. Why aren't my prayers being answered? I've got a mustard seed of faith. Why aren't I getting everything I want? Why isn't everything going super fantastic and perfect for me? Because I've got a little bit of faith. And I think this is what Jesus is saying when he tells the story of the servants and the master. He says, a little bit of faith is all it takes to unlock the power of God. But don't go thinking that that entitles you to some kind of reward. The outworking of faith should rightly be devoted service to God. And in this devoted service to God, we may experience the powers of God and the miracles of God, which is the the metaphor of the uprooting of the mulberry tree in this passage. But it happens on God's terms, in accordance with his will and not with ours. And then I was looking a little bit deeper at these verses from 7 onwards, and the word that's translated in our reading as servant uh, is the Greek word doulos, and it actually means slave in 
literal Greek, which makes the words stronger than actually we, that we get them when we're reading in English. Because not only do slaves not get thanked, they don't even get paid. They don't get anything. They don't get a choice. They don't get thanks. They don't get payment. They just do. And that's even stronger than it comes to us when we read it as servants. And if we were to stop there, that gives us quite a negative perception of God, which doesn't quite resonate with our wider understanding. So I think we need to acknowledge that point, but also take it in the wider context of our lived understanding and of Scripture. And actually, if you go on even a little bit in Luke 17, you see the uh, evidence that God lavishes love on those people of faith. Later on in Luke 17, we've got lepers who are healed when Jesus says to one of them, because of your faith. Or we look later on and there's a, a self-aware, humble tax collector who's justified beyond the self-righteous Pharisee. So we don't have to go much further on to see the second side to the coin that softens this uh, message. And I've always been struck in all the time I've followed God and studied the Bible, I've always been struck by the more and more you look at it, the more you seem to have to carefully balance two opposing and paradoxical concepts at once in so many areas of faith. And I think that's why sometimes people say, oh, the Bible contradicts itself so much, because sometimes it does seem to, and you have to hold these things in balance. And I think today's words from Luke's Gospel, it makes it clear to us that in some ways we need to regard ourselves as unworthy servants, slaves even, not worthy of thanks. But then if we look at that little word for slave, doulos, it crops up elsewhere in the Bible as well. And one of them, very well-known words, John 15, 15, Jesus says in that passage, he says, I no longer call you servants, but friends. And again, it's the same word, it's doulos. He's saying, I no longer call you doulos, servants or slaves, but then it's in the Greek, philos, friends, a deep friendship of affection. And that's the challenge of balance I think we have to strike. Sometimes perhaps if we're feeling low, beaten down, with no self-esteem, we need to remind ourselves Jesus has elevated us from doulos, slaves, to philos, close friends. But if this ever trips over into a sense of entitlement or overinflated self-importance, then we need to remind ourselves that our mindset should be that of doulos, a slave. And it's a balance that the Apostle Paul tried to strike. If you read the openings to uh, his letters to Titus, the Philippians, and the Romans, he opens with these words. He says, Paul, a servant, although in fact it's that word, doulos, so he's saying, Paul, a slave to Christ, that is the opening three of his letters, yet you set that against to pick one example of so many, Romans 8, expounding the wonderful fatherly love of God. 
And so I think my main message to you today, I think I should look at, is let's meditate on trying to strike that balance carefully and correctly. And I really think that it will bear some fruit in our lives if we can do that. So I'm just going to end with a prayer and then a moment for us to consider. So Father God, Father of all mercies, you demand nothing less from us than total wholehearted, obedient, slave-like service. Yet you elevate us to the place of friendship and sonship. So I pray, Lord, that you would touch each of us now by the power of your spirit, that we may know how to hold those two identities in balance and work to glorify your name and bring your kingdom in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen.